Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change with your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, April 27th. Today is National Poem in Your Pocket Day. National Teach Children to Save Day, because they're definitely going to need to save money in this economy. National Gummy Bear Day. It's also National Babe Ruth Day. We're not talking about the candy bar. We're talking about the actual baseball player. It's National Prime Rib Day, so we know what Gretchen's going to chef up for dinner. And it's also National Devil Dog Day, so we know what she's having for dessert. It's National Take Your Daughters and Sons to Work Day, but if you're in the cannabis industry, you definitely can't do that because you'll totally lose your license. And it's also National Tell a Story Day. Thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can raise your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But without further ado, we are going to kick it off with the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamite who has been out at the tanning bed, because if you look at his lighting situation, you can tell he's been getting some sun. That's right, as the dope dad himself, Rico Lameet. Oh, yeah, y'all know where I'm broadcasting live from Wakanda, where it seems that my screen is frozen. <laughs> but it looks, at least it's not frozen on an ugly, ugly face. It's, it's a rumble in the jungle over here. <laughs> I wanted to bring you guys a rumble in the jungle for my story today. But um, for every negative sports and cannabis headline that we come across where folks are still being stripped of titles and losing eligibility to compete, we've also been seeing quite the uptick of positive ones as well, like the undefeated, undisputed, southpaw, and lightweight boxing champion of the world, Javante Tank Davis. The champ knocked out our... Uh, knocked out Ryan Garcia this past weekend with a brutal blow to the body and was gifted $250,000 gumbo chain by the Black-owned cannabis brand immediately after the fight in the locker room. Davis recently signed a deal with Gumbo Brands where, um, where they will be soon releasing a signature strain for the fighter called Ape Shit. <laughs> and the 29-0 fighter was gifted the chain minutes after knocking his uh, knocking out his part, um, his sparring partner, Ryan Garcia. And um, it was a token of appreciation for bringing awareness to the brand to one of the biggest stages on earth. Gumbo co-owners Alexis Majors and Kareem Luca Butler put an expensive piece of bling, a pendant and a diamond tennis chain on from pristine jewelers around his neck. And former NBA star and noted cannabis advocate Stephen Jackson helped facilitate the partnership between Davis and Gumbo and was present at the locker room gifting as well. And as you can see in the video, if you guys click on the link, everybody was all smiles. Now, I don't know what kind of margins Gumbo Cannabis is working with or if anyone on the teams or in the team had the chance to check out their product. But $250 ain't cheap. Uh, excuse me, $250,000. It ain't cheap. Maybe it was the right move to make, given the amount of attention and maybe sales that will come from the partnership. Another recent story that I chose not to cover earlier this week in a similar vein was the rapper Rick Ross being gifted a $130,000 ring from his partnership with the High Tolerance Cannabis brand. And while I do agree these types of high-profile celebrity gifting displays bring a lot of attention to your company, 
they haven't historically converted into sales or brand loyalty. A lot of this kind of stuff went down years ago in the industry, but I don't know. Seems a little weird happening today with the slim margins that we're seeing. But maybe that's just me. I'm interested in hearing what you guys think. Big six figure jewelry gifts from cannabis brands to celebrities. Is it great marketing? Or are we going to soon see these brands go broke? I'm Rico Lamy, the dopest down the street. And hopefully my video will get, get to going here from the jungle over here in Wakanda. But uh, we'll see. What do you think about this one, Jason? Well, I guess, I mean, just judging by the amount that they spent on this spent on this chain, you can tell that the trap is alive and well and making bread. Thriving. <laughs> Thriving. Thriving. So are, so are we sure that, that, that this chain wasn't gifted by Burner? I'm not touching ah, it. I was going to say. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. <laughs> I love it, man. It was probably gifted by Burner because he's got to get that. He's got to get that off, you know, off his books there. Um, that's interesting. I mean, it's, yeah. Nice chain. This nice chain. Cool. And he's, and, and did, didn't he say he's about to do a cannabis brand? This guy, this tank guy? Where did Rico go? Rico has totally abandoned us just now. Where did you go, Rico? Oh man, you working? Oh, there he is. There he is. Yeah. Rico didn't 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 the story say that he started a cannabis brand? Um, it, he joined Gumbo, so uh, Gumbo, black-owned cannabis brand. So so then so then it's anticipated that they'll probably come out with some strain or probably. Yeah, I, I said that in the story, but it's, it's called H. It's in the story. I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, ape shit is the, is the name of the strain that they're coming out with. <laughs> oh, God. Are, are you going <laughs> to roll up some ape shit and you're blunt? It's going to be flying off the shelves. <laughs> into a It'll be flinging, here. flinging off the shelves. Yes. <laughs> oh, probably, right? Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm not mad at that. Hey, man. Like, uh, I mean, this is, this is the kind of stuff we used to see, man. In the traptastic days, but um, it's, it's it's kind of weird seeing it happen these days. But um, it's the biggest stage on earth. He won a big fight this weekend, and uh, big ups to him for that. And uh, I, I don't know, is biggest it a, is stage it a, on earth. Yeah, New York. Which stage? The, the high news. Ryan Garcia, Javante Davis fight this silly. weekend. I'm Are you sorry. serious? Just so much hype, so much hyperbole, so much hyperbole. Never heard of him in weekend. It was a huge boxing match this weekend. He got huge. I'm sure it was huge. huge, 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 huge. Congratulations huge. to him. Next, huge. What time it's is gonna it? be huge. Yes. <laughs> oh, y'all hating, y'all hating, y'all hating. <laughs> Still making I feel a lot you're on of the money. West Coast here, or on the East Coast. And, and, oh and, and, is Trump going to show up to right. this on Friday? This dude made five million dollars off of fifteen minutes last that last weekend. Oh, he's that's crushing! Fight. He's yeah, crushing. that's a huge fight. He's he's winning at life, man. Fantastic. He can afford to buy this one. What do you think about this one, yeah, Governor? <laughs> Even Governor doesn't care. He's like, whatever. Hold on, you're on, mute, Nick. you're on mute, Nick. You're on mute. You're on mute, Nick. We can't hear you. Happy Thursday. That was some really valuable input from mm -hmm. We really appreciate that, Nicholas. Thank from you the so governor. Much. I did the Kanye shrug, though. <laughs> Let's go to an ad, man. By Gumbo. Yeah, it's we're gonna good. roll. We're we're gonna go to a commercial. <laughs> we'll be right back. Oh yeah, you know what time it is. That's right. It's Tuesday over here at Green Street, and we got Smoky Vanilla with us in the building. So that's right. It is time to stretch and smoke. We just got done smoking. Now we're gonna stretch it out, and then we're gonna smoke again. Let's go. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology and bodywork massage and assisted stretching you gotta come check it out baby check me out on ig it's smoky vanilla one stretch and smoke twitter smoky vanilla social club stretch and smoke we're also on sports recovery by dan and jam if you want to feel as good as i look then make sure that you get a stretch and smoke in with smoky vanilla Yeet!
terrible. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Good <laughs> love for you and for us both giving that line. It's my guy. You know, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're going to uh, try to distribute the endocannabinoids into the muscle where there's pain or, or uh, limitation of function, and you really want to stimulate that particular, those particular um, cannabinoid receptors, then stretching before and after smoking makes a lot of sense. Especially, especially uh, when you're smoking, you're actually stretching your lungs too, Doctor Mary. And especially because Jason is Jason is such a big uh, fan of topicals too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He's the big, he's the industry's longestly operating retailer, the highest Republican in the game, well known for smoking on the best weed in the world, and his unwavering support for formerly, uh, um, currently indicted, and former presidents. Of the United States of America. Y'all know who it is. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Hope everyone is having an amazing day today. We're almost at the end of the week, but not quite yet. But today, I mean, I don't even understand why this is a story because it's such a little bit of amount of money for California. But nonetheless, it is interesting. Because California awards $2.7 million in research grant to study, get ready for this, you guys, legacy cannabis genetics. That's right. A group of academic researchers, scientists, and community-based organizations have joined forces to develop a multidisciplinary, community-based, participatory research known as CBPR study that will identify and document or and identify document and help to preserve the history value and diversity of california's legacy cannabis genetics and the communities that steward them this will be the first such study of its kind and it is intended to establish a replicable research model for underserved cannabis producing communities globally Community-based participatory research is a partnership approach to research that equality involves community members, organizational representatives, and academic researchers in all aspects of the research process. The community organizations partnered on this study are Origins Council, a California nonprofit public policy and research institute serving California's historic rural cannabis farming regions and the Cal- Cannabis Equity Policy Council, CEPC, a statewide equity advocacy organization representing the interests of black, indigenous and people of color, BIPOC and urban communities. The study is being collaboratively led by a multidisciplinary team of researchers, including principal in- investigator Dr. Dominic Corva, assistant professor of, of sociology and program leader of the cannabis mm-hmm. studies major at California State Poly, Polytechnic University, Humboldt in, in Humboldt, co-principal uh, in investigator Jeannie Coleman, executive director of Origins Council, co-principal investigating investigator Dr. Rachel F. Guardo, associate professor of anthropology at California State University, Northridge, and co-principal investigator, Dr. Todd Holmes, historian with the Oral History Center at the Bancroft Library, University of California, Berkeley, and co-principal investigator, Dr. Eleanor Kuntz, a co-founder of Canador, the world's first cannabis herbarium, and co-founder and CEO of LeafWorks, a genomics and plant science company. This research research seeks to empower and protect California's legacy cultivation communities who have overcome great diversity or great adversity to innovate and steward one of the most important collections of cannabis genetics resources in the world. Jeannie Coleman, executive director, said executive Jeannie Coleman, executive director of the Origins Council. Research outputs will include a special collection in can in Canador herbarium cannabis genomics data, a special collection cannabis herbarium oral histories and entheographic interviews, a series of educational webinars and publications regarding intellectual property tools for genetic resources, a suite of research-based public policy recommendations and advancement towards research-based community-driven consensus on the definition of legacy cannabis. 
oh man, that's a lot of a lot of a lot of why words going on in that whole press release. But I'm going to digress and see what you guys have to think. This is Jason Beck reporting for High at Nine News. What do you think about this 2.7 million dollars? You think it's really enough? What do you consider legacy genetics? Train wreck. Skunk. Oh yeah, skunk would be a good one. Hey, that yeah. Haze, Haze would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. I think it's just a signal. It's a signal. It's a step in the right direction. It says that we need to study legacy genetics, you know, and I, I think that who knows what we'll learn. And how are you going to study that research? Are dead. Yeah. But it's stories. How do you study anything? How do you study anything that's happened in the past? You know what I mean? Like, someone is going to do something to help so move saying, the story so along and at least million dollars just to create stories how much of that 2.7 million i mean go what else what else is there what else is there jason beck you know i mean the stories are marketing the stories are already created it's we just need research truth. yeah but we need I research think- right and we don't know how this research is going to further the cause is what i'm saying and i'm excited about it yay I'm, I'm torn. More research. I'm, 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 I'm torn on it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Governor. Oh, you can hear me now. Yeah, we can hear you now. Yes. <laughs> I said, how much more damn research do we need? I mean, it's two point seven million this time, a million, you know, last time, a hundred thousand next time. I mean, bullshit, man. It's just <laughs> government. Oh, pardon me. I forgot. I'm supposed to watch my language. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's just another reason for government to find a reason to waste our tax dollars. That's all this is. You know, it's it's not helping the legacy growers. It's not helping the legacy market. It's not helping consumers in California. It's not helping the patients in California. How long is this research study even going to be? before we the people even see results mm. i mean they're probably just going to make a book and then Ooh. sell the book and they're going to do it with this government money how, how much i'm trying to understand million is going to public funds our like way. what the governor is saying like jason can you expand on what this research is i have no clue what this research is they're saying that they're going to study <laughs> legacy cannabis and i'm, I'm not, i don't understand how study they're going to for do what it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Last, last year, didn't they spend eleven million dollars on uh, on on standardized lab testing that never came into fruition? That, that's not standardized, you mean? Mm. Yes, yes. Like they just and spend this is, more. This is and even more, more ambiguous. This is research. Like, right, like research. Like, like, Let me tell you something. You don't need to research, okay? You need you need people that are that are legacy operators that actually know this stuff to just tell the stories. We can record it and be take it take a and minute. Publicize that. Two point seven million dollars for this is a total waste of money. Right. I do think that them. you know we've uh, all of the research, at least all of the genetics that I've been hearing about, has been to increase THC and to uh, you know uh, 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 operate not only in the genetics but also in the production so that we can maximize THC content. That's really been the push in recent years. But a lot of these uh, small uh, craft grows that are growing that seem to have products more specific to a particular disease state or condition are really falling to the wayside in favor of these higher THC products. So maybe if we put a little bit of research money toward identifying seed saving, you know, creating a seed bank so that we can bring some of these old products back if they turn out to be especially good for particular diseases. I'm not sure that I believe that particular strains are good for particular diseases. At least the dosing uh, data would not suggest that there are certain strains that are especially better based on their terpene profiles or they're leaning toward more of a sativa or indica content for, for any particular condition that seems to be very individualized and specific. But there might be some value in getting uh, in getting some seeds saved and having a seed catalog somewhere. Oh, yeah, I just want to know what, like where these dollars are going to be headed. I'm telling like, you, they're, they're going to the origins council and those other things. And man, yeah, you know, like, like how this council for getting some money though. I'm not mad at that part. No, me me either. But yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to salaries. Is going. He's going to get people employed and everything. But you're not. 
you're not putting any of these dollars towards telling the stories of the originators of the legacy farmers or you're not really propping them maybe up. they will though maybe they will maybe they will i'm just saying like we let's we don't know what it will be you're, you're way maybe, too much of an optimist liz way too much you know well someone's got to be <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. And, and that's why we could be great. We, it could be great. And it could be really good. It could be helpful to you and yours. So I just don't understand what you're going to until we know. Gone and deceased and aren't around anymore. Yeah. Someone's talking about scraping granddaddy's lungs. No, they're, they're, <laughs> In talking, the comments. they're, they're talking about, they're they're talking about their lungs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, which is bring, these folks, bring these folks out of the grave and scrape their lungs. Yeah. No, man. Yeah. That is disgusting. Do you some uh, hair samples? I don't know. Science. Research. That'd be a real tissue science. culture sample right there. We, we can clone some of these uh, old. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the $2.7 million going. But I, I think this is government right. waste. Total and government waste. And is this going to be a whole nother, a whole nother thing of like uh, people stealing genetics, like the whole Philos program all over again? Right, like, oh yep. man! Um, yep. Jason throwing haymakers today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> calling, calling balls and strikes, bro, and I'm seeing nothing but strikes right now. Or maybe a body blow to Ryan Garcia. Oh, oh, <laughs> took oh. him out for 15 million dollars on Saturday evening. Mm-hmm, exactly. Combo chain. We're gonna, look, we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving. We're gonna keep it moving. So. We have coming up next, we have the lovely Gretchen Gailey, our feisty little redheaded conservative that loves to tell pot and libs all about themselves on a regular basis. Oh, damn it. I just kicked my camera. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gretchen Gailey sipping on her mushroom tea today, so she may have a little psychedelic effect going on, but we shall see. That's right. It is none other than the Gretchen Gailey. <laughs> I'm not loving it. It's not. It's not the same. I need. What does it taste um, like? What does it taste like? Gretchen? Add coffee. Uh, add coffee to your uh, mushroom coffee. That's my plan. Is I'm gonna add real coffee to this because I don't know what should, these people. You, I'm trying. I'm trying to legacy. get on board with you folks in California that eat and drink weird stuff. But it's not a legacy mushroom strain. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes bad though. It it's not good. Taste. No, but it's add coffee tasty. to it. Just add coffee to it. All right. We'll see. If anyone has tips on how to make this stuff taste better, please add them to the chat. I would love to know. And Jason, thank you for your wonderful introduction. You're such a wonderful little co-host. Thank you so much. Yeah. My headline is coming from Marijuana Moment. Bipartisan U.S. House and Senate lawmakers reintroduce marijuana banking bill. Woo woo. Bipartisan Senate and House lawmakers have refiled a much-anticipated bill to free up banking services for the marijuana industry. Senators Jeff Merkley and Steve Daines, along with Representatives Dave Joyce and Earl Blumenauer, reintroduced the Safe Banking Act in their respective chambers on Wednesday. The legislation, which has been slightly revised since last session, would protect banks that work with state legal cannabis businesses from being penalized by federal regulators. Forcing legal businesses to operate in an all-cash is dangerous for our communities. It's an open invitation to robbery, money laundering, and organized crime. And it's, a w- it's way past time to fix it, according to Merkley. For the first time, we have a path forward for safe banking to move through the Senate Banking Committee and get a vote on the floor of the Senate. Let's make 2023 the year that we get this bill signed into law so we can ensure that all legal cannabis businesses have access to the financial services they need to help their employees, their businesses, and their communities stay safe. Dane said that the legislation would provide the security and peace of mind that legal Montana cannabis businesses need to freely use banks, credit unions, and other financial products without a fear of punishment and also help keep our Montana community safe keep crime off the streets, and support Montana small businesses and bolster local economies. The latest version further makes clear that the safe harbor is extended to community development financial institutions and minority depository institutions that make commercial loans to minority-owned businesses, a new provision that advocates pushed for last Congress. Another addition to the bill that wasn't in prior versions provides marijuana industry workers access to federally blocked mortgage loans. 
As it stands, the federal government has denied state legal cannabis companies the same access to financial services as every other legal business across the Buckeye State in our country. Joyce is the co-chair of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus and a guy from Ohio. Not only does this distort the market in growing industry, but it also forces businesses to operate in all cash, making them and their employees sitting ducks for violent robberies. The Bipartisan Safe Banking Act will allow cannabis businesses to operate legally without fear of punishment by federal regulators, making our community safer. Blumenauer, who was also founder of the Cannabis Caucus, said that the bill will save lives and livelihoods. It is past time that Congress addresses the irrational, unfair, and unsafe prohibition of basic banking services to state legal cannabis businesses. The House has passed the Safe Banking Act on a bipartisan basis seven times. I am delighted that the Senate is joining us and making it a priority. Besides Merkley and Danes, the Senate bill has an additional 38 co-sponsors and includes five Republican members. The House version has also picked up eight additional co-sponsors. I think this is a wonderful move. It is time that these guys shove Chuck Schumer to the side, which is pretty much what they did here, um, and are putting up a bill that actually makes sense and has a chance to go somewhere. This is Gretchen for Hide 9 News. Pass safe banking! <laughs> right, Gretchen? Pass yeah! safe banking already. It's the T. The T yeah. is making Black. me weird. Look at that. Yes. It's those vocals. Yes, <laughs> Gretchen. <laughs> Come out. Wake up. out. I love it. <laughs> is this, so is this, is this um, uh, Gretchen, uh, yes, where sir. a lot of the measures from uh, Safe Banking Plus added uh, to this one? Nope. Is this the original? This, like I said, and closer I will go to back the original to it, one? this is closer to the original, but they did add two ver- two new provisions, uh, which uh, safe harbor for community development, financial institutions, and minority depository institutions. And they're also granting access for, uh, for mortgages, for federal-backed mortgages for minorities. So the way that they're approaching this, Rico, is that they are opening up avenues on the economic side, keeping this a banking bill. And that is how you get a banking bill through the banking committee. And this is why they would not push forward on it before. This is what it needs to do. They are saying, and this is what I've heard, and I truly believe them, Rico, let me get on board the train. If you want further amendments, like the whole back, if you would like other provisions added to that, there's ample time on the floor for other amendments to be added to this. And that is the current plan is get it through the committee as a banking bill. And then you can add in more stuff when it hits the floor for a vote. That's how it works. (laughs) I can't wait for this. This Fantastic. But you know, you know, Chuck Schumer, uh, Senator Schumer, he had got a little egg on his face at the vote yesterday. He actually had to switch his vote. Did he adjust it after the egg was removed? Did he adjust the glasses? I doubt it. Those little condescending glasses. <laughs> 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 they I don't know why they just make me so so damn angry. Don't like wearing glasses he has on. <laughs> oh man, this is know, great news, Gretchen. I'm, I'm very. Rico, you seem disheartened. You seem disheartened, Rico. Said, How we'll can see. I make your morning better? What can I do? For Maybe you? a little mushroom uh, coffee with legacy strains in it. Combo <laughs> <laughs> chain. Maybe that'll make me happy. Definitely. Like, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the final bill looks like and um, um, when it hits the floor. But you know, I'm just uh, leave it at that. I'm not cautiously optimistic. I'm not optimistic. I'm just I'm neutral on this one. But as of right well, now, whatever. We'll see. Uh, all I know is that we couldn't get it past committee before. This is guaranteeing it'll go through. The committee they will have a hearing there will be movement that's how you get so it. Can chuck schumer veto this can he can he put the kibosh on this one no he'll probably sure. well the, the senate op- unanimous consent absolutely any, any one of those hundred senators can put the kibosh on it not exactly jason back yeah, they can. uh tom cotton can throw an anonymous uh anonymous hold on there and all of a sudden they're going nowhere no that's no. not how it works yeah. um well, that's what that's Chuck what Schumer could not allow it to hit the floor after committee. Yes, Chuck yeah. Schumer has that power. So uh, it, is so Chuck we'll going to show that he is totally opposed to the one piece of legislation that has bipartisan support and could pass? You really think he's going to stand in the way of that? Yeah, I guarantee you right now, SAFE has at least 20 Republican votes. This bill could have passed the last Congress 
It's going to pass this Congress. Here's what and I'm saying. And, and one more thing, Rico. Given that the Republicans are in control of the House now, unlike mm-hmm. the last Congress, mm-hmm. uh, for it to go back to the House floor, you need to have it be a banking bill. If and, you and, load it up with stuff, you can't load it up until it comes to the floor. If you want it to go what, back to the floor, say, it can't be loaded up prior to that. Worst things have happened in Congress, and I'm just like, I'm not going to reserve any kind of judgment on it. And until then, this is American politics. And anything can happen. And until then, it is nothing more than whack. Was, did that say that whack or was that quack? Was that the, was that the duck? Was, <laughs> what if it passed, though? Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be so. I'm with you, Dr. Mary. Yes, it would be amazing. Well, we got to start somewhere. We got to start somewhere, Rico. I know yeah. you don't believe this, yeah. but we got to start somewhere. Yeah, like, I'm, not, I'm just not going to get excited for it. Like, what, what is so exciting and amazing about, uh, about this? Uh, we've gotten excited about it on one side or the other, like, like seven times passing the house. I'm right. so excited. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get excited about it until shit happens. I'm, I'm with Rico. This is going to do nothing but help big banks get bigger. This does nothing but help the monopoly, uh, monopolization of the industry, you know, grow even wealthier. I mean, why not just utilize community banks and keep that money where it should be why use minority depository whatever the heck as a means to have this bill get pushed through the house so um yeah opening up avenues what does that even mean yeah (laughs) take away the minority part all right we'll take out all the minority part and then all y'all can go crying at home that this is just for white guys we're talking about just like that that grant that 2.7 million dollar grant like be, be for specific. the minority community, okay, be and specific. now you don't like those. And those have always worked, right? I'm Just sorry, what? like and those have always worked, right? Just like the social equity licenses, you know. Dude, I'm doing yes. the best I can here. You guys want provisions? Put provisions <laughs> in. What do you want from specific. me? I'm just saying, be, um, be, be specific you, until until we have specifics. Specific. I'm not gonna get excited about nothing. Like, I'm All not right. going to be excited about nothing. Well, until you are more than welcome to go to the clerk's uh, website and read the bill yourself, Rico. Knock yourself out. Whack. It's there. Just <laughs> <laughs> saying. We'll, we'll see. We shall see. We'll see what happens uh, when, it, when it actually hits the floor. We'll see what happens when the vote comes. And we'll see if it, it actually gets passed. Until We're then. Commercial. And we need to pass safe banking Bad. already. <laughs> Fs. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for tuning in to Hyatt 9 News. Make sure you head over to our website, Hyatt9news.com. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter and make sure that you you'll get an email and then you have to hit that email and it might show up in your junk mail to confirm it. So make sure that you check your junk at the door. All right. Also, to make sure you hit that super fan chat, hit that little dollar sign down there in the chat if you want your chat to be featured and us to actually talk about it. But nonetheless, we're going to go back and run another commercial. Hope you all have an amazing day today. Amazing. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Oh, yeah. She's a Manhattan-based, 25-year board-certified integrative medicine internist and two-time best-selling author, also the CEO of Balanced Medicinals. And when she's not cooking up converted treatment excellence, you just might catch her in front of, camp- in front of uh, somewhere around Times Square with a selfie stick 
taking great shots from every single angle and giving y'all great medical tips on CBD, Delta 8, and everything in between. Y'all know who it is, Dr. Mary Clifton. Thank you, Rico, for a great introduction. I have a really fun story today, published in Silence Daily, but it was picked up on CNN. It's uh, it's definitely gone viral. Cannabinoids give give worms the munchies too, and uh, I, I this this is this is an article that actually started when a bunch of scientists who were studying uh, nematodes, which sounds a lot like need more toes nematodes. There, that's the uh, scientific name for worms, but worms don't have toes. Uh, they were studying nematodes and uh, and thought, what would happen if we dumped uh, cannabinoids on them? What would happen to them? And uh, and they thought that they uh, that they thought that it stimulated their appetite. So then they went into uh, deeper studies, really well designed studies, to show how nematode worms react to the chemicals known as cannabinoids in precisely the same way that humans do. Cannabinoids make nematodes hungrier for their favorite foods and less hungry for their non-favorite foods. Uh, nematodes diverged from a lineage of mammals 500 million years ago. They're very old. They're very, uh, they're, they have a, a very um, a basic uh, neurologic system, but they do have a cannabinoid system. And cannabinoids, as we know, react by binding to the cannabinoid receptors in the nervous system. So at the molecular level, these nematodes and their cannabinoid receptors look very much like our cannabinoid receptor system. And, uh, and, and, and this is why the researchers thought adding, uh, adding some cannabis might result in them eating more of their favorite food. And then in further studies, they replaced the nematodes uh, uh, particular cannabinoid receptor with a human cannabinoid receptor. And they found that the animals also responded to cannabinoids with that, which shows that, that which, which proves this commonality. They found that the sensitivity on cannabinoid exposure mostly resulted in the worms becoming more sensitive to favored food odors and less sensitive to non-favored food odors. So if, if you're really uh, jonesing for something that you really love, like chocolate cake, and you get a whiff of it while you're high, it's going to be even more dramatically stimulating to your, to your system. Uh, the, the effect helps explain the changes in the worm's consumption of food, and it's reminiscent of how THC makes tasty food even tastier in the humans. So the finding of the worms aren't only entertaining, but it also has significant practical implications. It could be involved in the treatment of a wide range of diseases. And as we know, this was one of the first places that cannabinoids was positioned medically, was in people who didn't have a good appetite because of HIV or end-stage cancer, and they were able to get relief and finally get some food that they could enjoy and keep down with the use of uh, with the use of cannabis. So um, looking at these, uh, looking at cannabis in worms is going to have some relevance and some value for how we use cannabis in the human model. And uh, I'd like to hear what everybody has to say. Gretchen, how do you feel about cannabis being used on worms? Love it. <laughs> Eat more dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll like this mushroom coffee. <laughs> I mean, these they worms. Love it. Who paid for this study? <laughs> That's what I'm I just wonder when, when, when all these guys started this, when it became legal in Oregon back, let me see, it was the beginning of the article in like 2015. They dumped a bunch of cannabinoids on worms and thought, and thought they saw a change in their decision making. Like, how, how high did you get these worms? What did you decide was the appropriate amount to just dump on a bunch of worms? It just sounds yeah. like. Where's where's Peter when you hit when you need it? I mean, Rico, you're and you're how inside. high were you when you thought of the idea? Thought, you know, how high were the researchers? I need to know how many how much taken. Just to be like, whoa, man! Yeah, this, this is why we need less 
government money. Going I mean, Rico, you're, 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 you're in South Central. What does Big Worm have to say about this? <laughs> Big Worm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is where we should put our research dollars is in uh, something like this. This is great. Dr. Mary, is there any actual real uh, reason to do this? Are worms like a low form before you go to mice and then to people or something? Is there any reason to have started giving cannabis to worms? Uh, that's a really good question. I mean, it is trying to, there, there might be some applications in terms of different cannabinoid receptors and how different receptors respond in different ways. There's also a cannabis benefit in animals and, and within the veterinary community, it's really hard to get anybody to say anything about CBD or cannabis because it's not yet approved in that community. So a veterinarian who comes in positively on cannabis or CBD for animals is uh, putting their license at risk at this point. So if we do have some data on nematodes, I mean, I know within the horse community, there are a lot of people who have their horses on CBD for reducing inflammation, but they're doing that, you know, outside of their vet or around their vet, or maybe the vet knows about it, but isn't documenting it because it's just uh, not accepted yet. So this may help with the animal community and treatment with cannabis too. Even what, if what happens when you when you when you add a little invermectum to that conversation? <laughs> well, I don't think that's helpful to worms in general. Dr. Mary, Dr. Mary, was there any information on this as to what happens if the fish eat these worms? Like, if you're out fishing, like, is that going to be considered power bait with these worms, and it's going to make the fish more likely to eat those worms? That's bait. Uh, no, they didn't Ooh. study being used as bait jason they did not i'm telling you you're gonna start you're gonna start going to your local tackle shop and all of a sudden you're gonna see weed worms and it's gonna we be need guaranteed. to raise some research funds i think for this project well, okay. what you call system from I edibles like I mean, you know how you how you hear that in our lakes there's a there's a concentration of zoloft and prozac because mm -hmm. all of those things get peed out without getting fully metabolized mm -hmm. there's probably a little low level concentration of endocannabinoids in our water system too at this point <laughs> wouldn't that be great if everybody mm -hmm. got a little tiny bit uh, you, 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 you know you know what i think we did cover a story last year um, where there was a significant amount of uh, trace cannabis, psilocybin, and, and a bunch of uh, like opioids and, and, and sewage in places that that that, that legalized. Well, so. you know, you probably would. There was a question in the in the comments: if you eat the worms, would you get high? I mean, there is a. Uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but one of you guys might that is having the bees. Uh, get their pollen. They're they're helping to pollinate cannabis mm -hmm. plants, or they're somehow giving the bees cannabis, and then the honey has THC right from derived right from the bees that I are making that. it. Right. Well, remember. we also did that story on that uh, on the happy cows that are getting the hemp in their feed yep. and the mm -hmm. making them. Yeah, and their the FDA was like, yeah, their food's fine. You can drink the milk and all that jazz. And, and they said there were that you can actually get THC. Like the, the cows that were ingesting it, you can get it. The THC in the milk, right? So I'm guessing the summary of this story is that cannabis is safe for all animals, no matter what size they are. Is that what? Is that what we're getting at? That sounds good. And there's a whole bunch of animals that look around for for foods or things in their environment that get them high and make them feel good. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with altering your reality for a little while to make life easier. Yeah, big shout out to right now with her tea. Well, There's shut up. One other thing that I was thinking about was, and I'm no scientist or, or cultivator. I can barely keep my own plants alive. Um, but, you know, a good friend of mine in Humboldt, when she is an outdoor grower, Jason, um, I mean, so much of her, she has this huge, massive pile with just worms. And then she's always feeding the worms and always doing stuff with the worms to get into her soil. And I'm just wondering if this could help with the soil and remediation or other things, if the way the worms are processing things, I don't know. You know what? You might you might be onto something there, Gretchen. Because yeah. I will tell mm -hmm. you this: the, uh, the 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 strawberries, the best strawberries on the world, come from Harry's berries. Okay, and I asked them one time, "What makes your strawberries taste so much better than everyone else's strawberries?" And you know what they said? It's because they till all of the vines 
into their soil at the end of every harvest. And so therefore, I'm willing to bet that based off of this, if you're feeding your worms weed, they're going to make your weed better. They are. And they're doing it in a no-till environment, Jason. It's the no yeah, it's the no-till environments that utilize the worms, and the worms create all of the goodness just through what they're eating and what they're shitting out. Um, you know, that's exciting, you know, to hear about yeah. those worm studies. And, yeah. Is well, it, when is, you're is it more... you've got to break up the soil so that you can get air in there and so that you can get water that will actually yeah. stay at the root of the plant. And tilling uh, breaks up a lot of nitrogen and releases a lot of nitrogen. You end up having to use more fertilizer. The worms are a better right. way to keep the soil sort of lofty and, and relatively loose and, and permeable. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it, so so tilling is a good idea, but but also the worms are probably the best idea. But and that takes a lot, like Gretchen, when you're talking about your friend, you know, mm-hmm. man, that's a that's a real um, task. Keeping She's got a, a lot of worms. Yeah, are, 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 are wormholes or rabbit holes more beneficial to explore? Oh, uh, we're not going down that wormhole. That's cute, Rico. We got to go mole, mole hole. right back. The mole people. How's it going guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Tune in now and check it out. Check it out. Oh yeah. Coming up next. It is Liz Grove. She's down there in the great state of Texas, but today she happens to be in New York in the Big Apple, hanging out with Dr. Mary. They have a similar view. There's a lot of buildings in their backgrounds today. That's right. And Liz Grove has some fascinating news about her home state in Texas with some big, big news because only big things are out of Texas. That's right. The host of Feminized is our very own Liz Grove. Jason, thank you for that big, big introduction. I appreciate that. Um, That's right, you guys. I'm so excited to bring you this story today. History is happening in the state of Texas. The story came from Forbes, but it's also in Marijuana Moment. Um, But here's the story that the Texas House of Representatives has passed a bill, House Bill 218, that would decriminalize possession of small amounts of marijuana in the great state of Texas. The legislation would reduce possession of less than one ounce of marijuana to a civil penalty of no more than $250, which is significantly less severe than current punishment for possession of any amount of cannabis in Texas. The bill now requires one more vote in the chamber before final passage. If passed, this could represent a significant change for marijuana laws in Texas, which currently have some of the harshest penalties for possession in the United States. One drop of cannabis concentrate can get you a felony in the state of Texas, okay? And that's real. That's the world we're living in right now. Luckily, I am in adult use New York City and I don't feel like a criminal and I don't feel afraid, but my people in Texas absolutely still do. We've been fighting hard and you know, we are one step away. So that's the story. And I'd love to hear from my Hyatt Nine buddies and correspondents about your thoughts on all of this. That sounds wonderful. Liz, Liz, you're actually in Trap City because there's way more trapping going on than there actually is adult use sales going on. You're right. Remember, there's a <laughs> You're right. You're right. But hey, man, I'm not scared to smoke on the street. Yeah. I'm not scared to light up on the street, and that's what matters to me. I'm with that. So, yeah, it's exciting. And in the streets. Yeah. No, this is, this is yeah, good man. Stuff. Texans this good stuff. have been persecuted. How likely is it that it'll go the next step, though? <sighs> yeah. How oh, I love this question. So it's African going to the next. This. You know, it's it's. It's hard to say. There's so much energy and there's the right kind of, of energy and movement going into this last the push that I really, I'm sorry. You're saying the stars are aligning. This, yes, that's what I'm saying. And Dan Patrick is for sure. He's the gatekeeper. He is, you know, has been a horrible, horrible opponent 
to any sort of cannabis um, policy reform in Texas. And so, but the right people are, are there and talking about it and really pushing. Um, we can't keep persecuting our, our Texans. We can't keep putting Texans in jail and ruining lives mm -hmm. for a plant. You know, that just has to stop. And then we can talk about an access to a real program. So, um, so be just right about that. So is that what is you that know, Liz, at yeah. your party last night, yeah. I was talking to a woman and we were talking about how cannabis, you know, is just known to tear apart families. We were laughing about some somebody's uh, comment about how, it, they, you know, nobody because in compared to drinking, nobody gets into big fights with their partners after after they're smoking. But actually, cannabis is known to tear apart families because here we are taking people out of their communities and out of their families and putting them in jail for a completely harmless drug. Great Great and uh, it it has been a uh, it has been a, a real problem for 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 families yes. at least at least in some communities and certainly in other communities not at all right. Yep. But, but right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's time to put an end to that. You're a hundred percent right, and just decriminalize. Charge a little fee if you have to to keep your, you know, uh, uh, soul together at the uh, at the police station, but let it ride. And and uh, oh. Leah Patrick is in, in in our clubhouse audience today, and she just shared in the chat that there's also a bill in Texas HB three six five two, and that would be legalize legalizing and home grow allowing for home grow in Texas. What do you think about that, Liz? It's it's all, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. It's so progressive. You know, we have lawmakers who are speaking up, but we don't, it's, 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 there are still, there are so many hurdles to clear. You know, there are a few bills that are just phenomenal, but we have got to stay so, you know, just focused on those bills, mm -hmm. I think with the most steam and the most support so that we can mm -hmm. see progress. And, you know, just really quickly back to what you said, Dr. Mary, it was beautiful. And I think about, you know, communities of color that have been ravaged by the war on drugs. Houston, mm -hmm. the third biggest city in the um, United States, you know, taking black men out of their homes um, because you smell uh, marijuana. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what's yeah. happening. And uh, it's just like this right here could put an end to that. Right. We have to think about it like that. And we have to just really put all of our energy towards it and um, just pray that it gets across the line. Yeah, I'm just I, I just always worry about Dan Patrick. That's he's I know he's, he's, he's like he's like a Tom Cotton. I know mm -hmm. Tom Cotton. Yeah, Tom Cotton. Arkansas. Yeah. He does not like weed at all. Well, Jason mm -hmm. Beck, why don't you work your magic on Tom Cotton? You know, invite him out. Introduce him to smoky vanilla, you know, start doing your thing. I think uh, Tom Cotton would rather be stretching with Gretchen. Mm, well, I'm not taking that one for the team. No. I, don't, I, I don't believe that to be true from some of the things I'd be hearing. Oh, man. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving here. <clears throat> Up next. Up next, he is a Fresno-based raptivist and strong, sane, black, conservative voice. America needs for balance. And y'all can go ahead and tell Gavin Newsom and Meatball Ron that they can both take several seats and step aside because the people's governor is coming to the stage. Y'all give it up for his man bringing us home today, Nicholas Wildstar. Thank you, thank you for that intro, Twitter announced this week that it has further updated its marijuana advertising policy aiming to give cannabis businesses that are certified advertisers the ability to feature packaged cannabis products in the ad creative that's promoted, uh, that's promoted on the social media site. The company generated headlines when it previously revised its marijuana policy in February, opening up advertising opportunities for cannabis companies to promote their brands and campaigns while allowing them to link back to their websites and select legal states. Now Twitter says that marijuana brand ads can feature packaging, uh, packaged cannabis products in ad creative, though it's not immediately clear if that means photos of actual flowers or joints out of their packaging are allowed as well. 
The company also says that it has made some changes for medical licensees and opened up additional recreational markets, but its short blog post announcing the new move did not provide further details. The expansion seems partly responsive to criticism the social media giant has faced over the rollout of its initial update. We have gathered meaningful feedback from the cannabis industry, which we have taken into consideration to create to create even more opportunity, said Alexa Aleniello, who works on Twitter's U.S. sales and partnerships team and leads the company's cannabis ads effort. While marijuana uh, while many marijuana industry stakeholders and advocates applauded Twitter for opening up advertising opportunities for cannabis, which is a first for a mainstream social media company, there's been some frustration over the implementation of the policy change. Adam Terry, CEO of the cannabis beverage company Cantrip, said earlier this month that Twitter's ad tracking system initially didn't even calculate conversions to sales. And while it eventually started tracking the number of conversions, it still did not show the value of those sales. He also said that uh, there have been long wait times to get support from Twitter teams, which did not seem to be effective in communicating to respond to concerns and feedback. Also setting geographic parameters for targeted advertising proved challenging. Now, I know we have gotten brand exposure and sales we wouldn't have had without Twitter, he said. Speculatively, uh, we're about to break even on spin, which I cannot confirm because the conversion tracking is broken. But given all of this, I'm pretty much ready to call it a day on Twitter ads, he said. Calico Castile, CEO of Thunderstorm Strategies and author of Cannabis CMO, a cannabis marketing newsletter, said that he similarly heard various versions of the issues that Terry outlined. He added that uh, the ad policy update seems aimed at the biggest players rather than the smaller operators who need the most help. Google also updated its cannabis advertising policy as of January, making it so companies can promote FDA-approved drugs containing CBD, as well as topical CBD products with no more than 0.3% THC. However, Google restricts those ad opportunities to California, Colorado, and Puerto Rico. While Twitter's previous policy also prohibited advertising the limited CBD products in seven specific states, that restriction now appears to have been removed. Not long after Elon Musk took over Twitter last year, the company separately ended a federal partnership that had presented users who had searched the site for certain drug-related keywords, including marijuana, with the suggestion that they consider entering drug treatment. No such suggestion had appeared for alcohol searches. Reporting for the High and Nine News Hour, this is Nick Wildstar, a.k.a. The Governor. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Man, isn't that too bad that they, you know, did that those searches for uh, cannabis-related words and recommended support and and treatment for addiction, and then didn't do it for alcohol? Isn't that too bad? That's a shame, Doctor Mary. But yeah. you know what's even more of a shame is they still haven't unblocked the hashtag four twenty. Right, <laughs> they're they're tiptoeing into the whole cannabis thing. Like it's yeah, they're tiptoeing into it. But the but but Elon Musk is ham fisting everything else. Mm -hmm. Like I, I I don't get it. Like if he's a true uh, proponent, a true advocate, or anything like that, and and as he says, a self proclaimed um, um, advocate or a free speech absolutist, then let us do what we do. Mm -hmm. Use the I, biggest I, I think, I think that's fantastic news that they're that they're that they're allowing this and i just wonder is twitter going to become the new telegram <laughs> no. <laughs> no it's not <laughs> no you don't think so i think it could hell no <laughs> no <laughs> they're still corporate it's still corporate tweet af they're still listening to everything tweet your packs they're still controlling the message you know come it was, on. it's no longer it's no longer twitter right it's, it's x company oh god stop no it is it got rolled up into uh um, um into uh elon musk's x company is it's no like twitter as a corporation no longer exists it's because elon loves to roll That's shit up cool. 
picture. Look at the big picture. I'm telling you, man, everybody's, everybody's focused on these shiny objects. Look at the big picture. Look at the, the, the yes. big picture of seeing yes. what everything was really going on. Mm-hmm. Y'all want to give them Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I, I agree yeah. with Justin. I mean, it takes time to unroll all these all, when when all the bills hit the wall and installed. And, and you know, they've got to get through all these policies switch all this all this stuff up so i'm glad that the private company it's, it's not public anymore he, he can do what he wants i under i understand that they still have to like you know the 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 the, the documents they gotta they gotta cross the their documents. eyes their keys, and you know what i mean <laughs> he doesn't do that with anything else that he does it just doesn't make sense there's no consistency but we don't know how he does his business you know in reality we don't know how he does his business or conducts it and things take time to undo bad decisions you know that's taking time and i think that's the whole Bro, point right they're just trying to yeah, yeah, we're slowly but surely getting back, you know, the freedoms. It's their platform. I mean, it's a corporation, you know, it's a, you know, entertainment corporation at the end of the fucking day that we give free content to. And right. I mean, like, I'm, I just don't understand like the baby steps over here and then the, 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 the giant, you know, uh, footsteps over there on a bunch of stuff. That is a really incendiary. That's really polarizing for folks. This isn't really a polarizing issue. Um, and mm-hmm. he took the company private so he can make big moves. And he's not making any big moves here. So, like, well, I'm glad they're moving in the right Fair direction. Enough. Do something bold. You want to do something bold? You want to gain a much larger audience? Like, like here's your chance. Mm. They're doing more than Facebook. Shout out to Twitter, man. I'm excited yeah. about that. Good this, point. This is, only, this is moving in the right direction. It's only going to get better from here. Facebook still exists. I mean, Instagram. Too. <laughs> Yo, mom is on it. <laughs> Actually, make sure you guys follow our Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Post there daily. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying. Just look at the big picture. I just don't under. I don't understand. Like, yes, Liz. Like, it's a private business, and we're not going to understand like all of his moves and all all that stuff, but. I just don't understand why he's doing like baby steps on something that could win over a much larger audience uh, from him. And that can bring in a whole lot more ad dollars immediately when they're hemorrhaging right now. They're bleeding. Yeah. Uh, they, it, um, I think the last uh, um, earnings report, they said they, they brought in like half the ad revenue, uh, less than half the ad revenue this year than they uh, were last year. Right. Like, so, can- cannabis is a huge Rico- opportunity to bring in dollars. Well, you see cannabis as a wonderful opportunity. I'm sure that many other businesses see this as something they don't want to be associated with. So my money is on Elon is assessing the risk of opening the doors wide open because I think there are a lot more companies out there who are going to balk at it and take their advertising dollars with them uh, from Twitter. The few advertising dollars he still has. So they've already done that. This is what I'm saying. They've already I'm done I'm saying that. there could be more, Rico. And I think the man is... Uh, for once, trying to be prudent. Now, do I like his prudency? No, it does nothing for cannabis, but to just think that he's just going to open the floodgates to cannabis all of a sudden because he likes to get high. Dude is firing people in public. He's firing people in in public and trying to uh, belittle their accomplishments. for how he does his business. However, he might think to himself, I might have to baby step this. (sighs) After he saw his his stock plummet, the last time he decided to smoke in public, I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I am not the buying man does that. Like money. Not, not one, not one bit of that. He already lost a ton of ad dollars because of the, the, the moves that he made early. And then he's losing a lot of public support because of the way he uh, laid off or fired, you know, uh, that, that, that disabled guy in public and talking shit to him and then try to re-offer him a job because he knows that people saw him in a negative light. And I see this is a huge opportunity for him to bring in dollars from you got you got cannabis companies giving giving folks two hundred fifty thousand dollar chains <laughs> after they knock somebody out. Like there's there's plenty of, of a free trap ad dollars ready to be spent on Twitter ads. Make okay, this shit well, trap tastic. Maybe the money yes, is not maybe they're tra- not trying to push <laughs> the trap dollars. Maybe Twitter should change their name to Trapper. Oh I like that. No I think I think what he he took that W out of it. On, on their sign and made it titter 
Like, this is the kind of stuff that, that the prudent Elon Musk is doing in public spaces. Uh, I find it very, very, very ironic that he doesn't want to move forward with cannabis marketing on the biggest platform in the world. But he wants to uh, he wants to go there and, and troll people with the name of the company. It's no longer Twitter. It's Titter. I didn't I didn't say the man was brilliant, but the man is <laughs> the richest in the world. So maybe he does know a thing or two. Rico, name the richest in the world. No more. Uh, whatever. Next. I think he makes can, we, can we wrap it up? It's 104. I got other Let's stuff do to do. Yeah, I got to well, go change the it. world, and you're keeping me from it. Oh, oh. that's a victory. It's a fatality for Rico right there. I just smashed the redheaded Kremlin associate. <laughs> so, Lord. That's how you end an episode. Thank you all out there for tuning in for yet another episode of High at Nine. <laughs> Y'all can catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience members and online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. To our vetted industry correspondent team tuning in from all over the community, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation. Our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, Jaja Simone holding things down over in Clubhouse. Up, and uh, you know, keeping our AV struggles to a minimum, even though we're kind of trying to shut things down today. There's too much energy, too much juice over here in the jungle. And all to to all our haters out there, man, we love y'all. Keep on doing what you do. We're gonna keep on doing what we do. We're gonna meet in the middle. We're gonna smoke some, smoke a little something, love a little something, you know, take to the next episode. Finally, Cannabis Sativa L, you are the sacred reason the Hyatt Nine News team shows up and read these headlines each and every day. And now worms enjoy your presence as well. Thank you. It is Thursday, April 27th, 2023. The show is over. You've been blessed with the top industry headlines. I hope it was enough to put in your pipe and smoke till at least tomorrow. Dr. Mary, you got the final word. What we got? You can leave these people with a little positivity. What you got over for us? <laughs> Just share your weed. I was <laughs> like somebody's try. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Everybody has.